What's up, everyone? Welcome to Midnight Motivation, a real and raw podcast about motivation, entrepreneurship, and achieving success. I'm your host, Tony Peck. Welcome back to all my listeners of the Midnight Motivation mob, all my fellow bosses, and I want to welcome all new listeners in. We have a very special guest with us here today. He is a 34-year-old millionaire real estate agent. He goes by the luxury lifestyle agent and is the owner of Vanity Nightclub in Connecticut. Guys, I want to give a warm welcome to my good friend, Michael Ferrara. Hey, what's going on? What's up, Mike? How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Long day, but I can't think of anything better to do than get on a podcast with one of my good friends. So, uh, absolutely. Excited. I appreciate you taking the time out to do this for us. I know you got tons of value you're going to drop to the audience. So let's get right on into it, man. Tell us about you. Who are you? Tell us your backstory, what you do. Let, let's get, get people hyped about who they're going to start listening to right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Um, my story starts um, in a in a small town in upstate New York um, called New Paltz. So, you, you feel? Do you know New York at all, upstate? Yeah, I've never been up there, but I'm familiar with it. Okay. There's a little town called New Paltz, and that's it's like exit 18 off the throughway if you're going up there. And if you blink, you're gonna miss it because it's such a small town. It's a little place. And my uh, my father was a football coach. And my dad was a teacher and that's what he did. He did that for 40 years. He was actually a very good, you know, high school football coach. Um, one of the winningest in New York state. Um, I'm very proud of my dad and, uh, I watched my dad and be part of sports and I grew up around sports. And, you know, when I was a kid, we didn't, you know, you didn't do, we didn't do things in, in the summertime, you know, we didn't go to vacations and things like that. I went to double sessions. So I was a little kid. I had a whistle in my mouth and I was doing hills and sprints and coaching and watching my grandfather, who was his assistant coach, and learn about the double tight wing tee and, and trap sweep and boot and learn how football plays ran. And that was me growing up and, um, and doing a lot of sports. And my mom was a teacher as well. And we just lived in this town and did sports. And that's what we did. Blue collar. And it was funny. My, my wife was talking about wanting to get a pool. And I said, my, my mom, mom, do we, we grew up, do we, do we know anybody had a pool? <laughs> no, we didn't know anybody who had a pool. <laughs> like that was incredible. Like, you know, and, uh, that's, that's how I grew up blue collar, just hardworking. Um, and everybody I knew was educators. And, uh, my dream was to go and, um, uh, become, uh, a big athlete in college. And, uh, eventually go on and become a teacher and I want to be a phys ed teacher and coach sports and I actually wanted to just you know coach a collegiate um, a collegiate sport like swimming and I got into playing football and I swam and I was uh, all state for four years in football I was a quarterback and I was all-american in high school and then I got a, a full scholarship to go to um, Southern Connecticut State University which is a very which is a typical blue collar school in Connecticut right next to Yale and we always say if you can Southern was a was a jock school. If you could you could find the school, you could get in. That's how it was. Like if you showed your bus pass, you got into the school. And um, I ended up going there. Um, I ended up getting a uh, getting a scholarship. I swam all four years, a four time All American there, and uh, got my exercise science degree. And I was excited. I was going to go become a teacher, and I was a swim coach. So I was actually coaching the national team. Um, in New Canaan, which is a very affluent area, but I could never afford to live there in Connecticut and um, in that area in Connecticut. So I lived in a different part of Connecticut, which was called uh, like Bridgeport. And there's nothing wrong with Bridgeport. It's just if you know Fairfield County, Connecticut, 
there's a huge difference between Bridgeport and Greenwich or New Canaan. I mean, that's, it's, you know, the inner city, inner city versus, you know, one of the most affluent towns in the country. And, um, it's what we call the haves and the have nots. Right. And, uh, and I was, we were okay. And I met my wife through teaching and coaching and I was coaching the national team and I, but I always did kind of feel like something wasn't right inside of me. I kind of felt like, uh, there was an entrepreneur that I've always had in my family and my life. And that that's inside of me that I kind of always subdued for a very long time. And, you know, I always knew how to work hard and, and be an athlete. And I always figured that the path was pretty simple for me. And, uh, um, but I always kind of felt also too, like if it's weird to explain what an entrepreneur spirit, like truly inside of you feels like. Um, and I think there's a lot more people that have it than don't have it. And I think there's just a lot of people that get caught in the rat race and suppress it all. And they find the hobby that they do at night or in their spare time and they love it. And they just try to get through their day um, so that they can get to that. I watched my dad do that. Um, my dad loved football. My dad lived for coaching and my dad lived for coaching and football because he was so competitive, but I watch him go and he'd say, Mike, you know, like I'm trying to get through my day so I can then coach at night or coach in the afternoon. So he was a teacher because of the coaching aspect not because of the teaching. And my dad always had that. And that was always kind of part of me too, but I never really thought about it that much more. So long story short, me and my wife, we get together and she's a University of Bridgeport gymnastics coach and she's a teacher. So we have our son and I'm watching my son um, play in you know, this development that we lived in. And we made teacher money and in that area, we just really couldn't get by. And not that we went on trips or anything. We just, I was watching my son play in the parking lot of this apartment complex. And, you know, we had bars in the back of our doors and I'm just thinking, I'm like looking at my bank account and I'm thinking, okay, I can tell you exactly how much money I'm going to make for the next 36 years. <laughs> Every single year. That's right. And I know how much my wife's going to make. I know the same place I'm going to go. And I know it every single year schedule. And I, you know what I mean? Like you, yep. you can forecast to see your life for the next 36 years. And there's nothing wrong with that. But to me, if you enjoy it, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. A hundred percent. If that is, if that is your thing. And I just, at that very moment, I just said like, no, 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 no. Something's not right. Something isn't right. And I couldn't figure it out. And now, so, uh, I left teaching and I just did, I coached national team full time, which I loved coaching, but I also felt like, you know, that definitely was not going to be enough for us to live. And um, I said to my wife, I said, what are we going to do? I, I, have to, I have to get us out of here. And my wife is such a great person that she was like, you know, whatever we decide to do, we're a family, we're happy, yada, yada, yada. And that's the, that's the best person in the world, right? But it's aggravating as hell because you're like, no, you don't get it. It's not good enough. <laughs> but she's going, <laughs> it is good enough. But, that, but she's playing her amazing person role like she yeah. does every single day. and. Um, and that's, that's what she does. And I just said, okay, well, I can't go be, I remember thinking, remember being upstairs in my, just little tiny condo and looking at, I'm like, well, we don't have enough. Well, what are we going to do? And I remember thinking, well, I could be a stockbroker or I could be a real estate agent because those are the only two that I could think of that you can go back and kind of get a license or I can sell insurance. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. So I looked at what it would take to become all those. And then I was watching TV downstairs and I, and I said, I could do that. And I pointed at the TV and we're watching million dollar listing. And she was like, what could you do? I was like, I, I, could, I could sell those houses. And she's like, 
Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, you should do that. You know what? She, I remember her being like, you should get yourself a suit and you should go and you should just tell them you want to sell the house. But she was kidding. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you're damn right I am. And I, and I, I remember signing up the next day for the class. I remember going and taking the class at night as I finished. I was with my son during the day. Um, and then I went to work all night, all day. And then I would, uh, uh, at the coaching and then I would leave coaching the national team and I would go and I would take this class till 10 o'clock. And I remember the first day I walked into the teacher and I was so hyped up. And I was like, I was starting to get this feeling that anything was possible. And you know, when you start to have those feelings, like it's amazing. If you're an entrepreneur, you can have the shittiest day, pardon my French, but then you have that one flash of something positive. And we're those type of people that we see a million dollars, even if it's an idea, it gets boom, boom. And that's how it works. And that's how people like that get jacked up so fast. So if you ever hear entrepreneurs talking, if it's not the caffeine, it's probably something like that. Oh, it's just straight energy and excitement. Yep, absolutely. A hundred percent. And it's just like, that's how we roll. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're, sometimes you get the right people, you know, Grand Cardones of the world are so contagious because they wrap a bunch of these things together. So anyway, I, I, I went in and I said to him, hi, I'm Mike Farrow. And, and, uh, and he was like, okay, great. Get in to sit in the class. And this is the inner city like classroom. So <laughs> the people I'm in there and I'm like, oh, okay, great, great, great. So, uh, I said to him after class, I said, yeah, listen, I want to sell luxury real estate, like high end real estate. Do you have any, any specific courses or tips for that? And he looked at me. <laughs> I remember he looked right at me and there was nobody in the classroom and I'm going to curse, but I, and I pardon my friends, but he goes, he looked at me. He was like, he's like, son, why the fuck would anybody want to live in a luxury house with you? Why? And I was, and he was like, and I was like looking at him and nobody asked me that before. And it was the first time I ever had been asked that question. And I said, I don't know. And I, I he goes, you, you should think about that. And I left and I went home and I played it over and over and over and over and over and over in my head. And I was like thinking about ideas and studying and I was searching and researching and everything. And, um, and then I came up with the with what I thought was a pretty good answer, which was, uh, you know, I think I said something to him in the form of next day, like I thought about what you said, and you know, because of who I am and how I am, uh, there's you know, there's nobody who's going to be working harder for you and that sort of thing, and blah blah blah. And it was a it was a pretty good case I made, but it was just to prove it was a good point that you the whole thing is you have to start asking yourself these questions. And he didn't believe that I could do it either, but um, so I take this class. I get through it and I basically um, get to a point where I've interviewed now every real estate company that you could possibly interview. And I was definitely the guy who would meet and interview and ask a lot of really tough questions to people who are looking at me. And if you interview in, as a real estate agent at real estate companies, um, you, you figure out really quickly, it's not an interview. If you have a pulse, they're going to take you. <laughs> they take anyone. It's crazy. <laughs> they take anyone. And you're, you're sitting there like, yeah, I think I rock that. It's, I think they really like me. Of course they do. <laughs> they all love you. They just want agents to make them more money. <laughs> exactly. Of course they do. And, um, you know, so I've interviewed every single one. I kind of had an idea of where I wanted to go and uh, finish the class. I failed the test three times. Um, fail fail, fail. Now I am a terrible, terrible test taker. <laughs> Which is hilarious because you're also a teacher. Too. <laughs> yeah. No, what's funny is as a, as a kid, I was growing up, I was in the resource room. They used to put me in what's called the resource room. And that's like the special ed room. Gotcha. And, um, they were like, something's wrong with them. And I was always good, very ver verbally. I could speak well, I could spell really well. But when you ask me to write things down or write 
or do things. I, I had a very, very hard time. So things like taking tests were very difficult for me. I had a little bit of a, I don't know if it was not a processing issue, but I come to find out later on that I had a whole eye thing. Like when I was a kid, I should have had an eye patch on my left eye and um, they didn't, they didn't do that. So they were like, oh, you just have a, a super undeveloped eye. So what happens is like my brain works so hard to concentrate when I read that it can't process. So it was, you know, picture this. Now I'm like at a college, like, what the hell did you do to me, mom? Like, like, why couldn't you just put the eyelash on me? That would have been so much easier. You stick me in a resource room. So I did a lot of like listening on tape. I was listening on tape before Audible, Audible was cool, man. Okay. Like I, I was, I was an OG on tape guy. And, uh, and um, so long story, like I said, is that I get to the point where I, um, I'm, I'm now, um, I'm now about to, I, I get in, I finally pass this test. And now I go to the one place that I think they can, will you sell high end real estate? And that was Sotheby's international real estate. I was like Sotheby's and I'm going to do it in New Canaan, in the town that I work, which how great could that possibly be? Yep. And I don't mind calling out. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I'm working for a big company. Now in my mind, I thought of these companies like, like law firms, like stock brokerages. <laughs> so did I. I worked at Hulahan Lawrence, man. You go for the big fucking names. You want you want the big yeah, names. Yeah, that's that's what you. It's appealing, man. It's like fuck. Think, right, yeah. and you don't know. So I go in and I do what I've always done since I was young, um, and I'm five foot eight. So being at the level that I was swimming, I was the shortest one by a foot. Um, being a quarterback in all state, I was the shortest one. Um, not even being able to read or write well or do anything, but becoming an academic All-American in college. Obviously, my work ethic is is there. I've never been the most talented in anything I've ever done in my life, period. I'm not the fastest, smartest, best, anything, nothing. But I just have always taken into consideration the fact that my dad always said he had to be the hardest worker in the room. And that's the only thing that I know. So I went ahead and I did what, what guys like us do, which is grind and learn and understand that if we know we can implement, if we can implement and have the knowledge, there's nothing can stop us. If we know what that guy knows or what she knows, we can have that power too. We know that. Yep. If not more power. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. So we, I did that. I put it in and then, uh, uh, I, I basically realized real quick, oh, this is, this is garbage. I realized that, oh, this whole, like, I got to go to a company and the company's going to teach me thing is not, was not what I was looking to do. So I went ahead and I started spending a lot of money on private people to help me and learn as much as I could. I didn't have any money, so I couldn't really invest in huge coaches, but I learned and soaked up every piece I could kind of like I listened to every podcast and read every book and watched every video and learned and soaked and read as much as I could. So I got to the point and I realized that it's me. It's me, the agent that people are purchasing with or working with or why. So <clears throat> you are a brand. People don't get that, you know? Yeah, you're a brand, but it, it, your brand does something. You provide a service and, and, and your service is actually able to do what it says or not. So if I say that I can take you to the moon like Elon Musk and we can live up there, but I can't really do that. I mean, how long does that last? You know, I, I have to actually do something. So I put those pieces together and I'll remember my goal. My goal was to sell the highest, best real estate you could. And uh, the biggest objection you get is if you never sold anything before, how could anybody ever do that? And if you never do it, I don't trust that you could do it. So it's kind of like a proof of, you know, proofs in the pudding thing. 
So um, I ended up specifically trying to target, um, in my mind, the people that I thought I'd be able to help the most at that level. I was able to come across my first client um, who uh, I'm, pro- I'm not going to mention who this person was. Um, it was, it was a, it's a celebrity. It's a, it's a person who is uh, very well known. And um, I was able to, uh, you know, I got the listing. I sold it in nine days, well over a million plus. And that started and then I was able to bring in the buyer as well. Now, I did some things along the way that enabled me to do that. There's some ways I sell real estate that um, are really are, are more are tactical and geared for today, real estate as opposed to 20, 30 years ago. Now, having said that, um, I continued that trend and moved in specifically to continue to sell high and high and high in real estate. H- hang on, Mike, for one second, because before you closed your deal, how long did it take you to get that first sale? Because you completely missed out on this. Um, how, how long did it take me to get the for sale from when you got your real estate license? Okay. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I spent about four months, four to five months at this company, uh, Sotheby's. I then went to another company at the other company, which was a little bit more of a boutique kind of company, local guy. And, um, but very, very well known in our, my area. Very, very well. And it was actually, he's a good friend of mine, a great mentor. He's an amazing broker. He's an icon in the area. But he's a local, local iconic guy. And um, he's got about 500 agents. And I thought, this is the guy to teach me. Now, he was a great guy. He didn't teach me anything really about real estate, but he, he's a good mentor and friend for certain other things. Now, this was probably a year in. A year of learning and not putting anything to action. 365 days. Yes, I didn't do anything. I just learned as much as I could. There was a time there when I left Sotheby's where I wasn't even trying to, I wasn't trying to do anything. I just tried to learn and learn and learn. I had, I was still working for this other working in, in, uh, in coaching. Now, when I decided to jump full time in and leave and burn my boats, that's when everything took off. It was almost simultaneously at literally at the same exact time. And I jumped before the sale. I jumped before the listing. How much did you make from that first sale after waiting 365 days to get the first sale from when you got your license? How much did you make in commission? How much did I make? Um, the first one, how much was that? I want to say it was like, I want to say it was like 50, 50 grand. 50, yeah. And how much were you making as a teacher? Oh, uh, you make like probably 30 after taxes. You get 3,000, right? Three, three, it was like 1,500 every two weeks. I think that's what I was making. Yeah, 12, 36,000 a year. So 36,000 a year. You become a realtor, 365 days go by because absorbing knowledge, your first sale, you make almost double what you would make in a school year from one transaction, correct? Correct. Fucking wild, isn't it? <laughs> Real estate's crazy. But you know what? It's all the hard work you put into it to get to that point. Yeah. And I, listen, I wanted, to, I wanted to quit. No, no. It, it's a good point. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because, I mean, it's funny when you talk about your story and, and I try to talk about my story to, to try to run down where you can pick up on a path and go there, which is good. Yep. Um my dad almost didn't want to talk to me. You know, you got to remember I, uh, I had, um, my wife and, and my kid. Now I have another kid. And it was at the time it was like, what are you doing to your family? What are you, what are you going to go and do? Cause the only people that I ever knew had money were not the right kind of people like wise guys. Yep. And, um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm going to get in a sales job and sales, such a dirty word. And, 
and and but I had such a passion for it and you know I love it and still do but I um thinking thinking about that and I set out for that I want to be very clear that's exactly what I wanted and that's what I set out to do and that's what I did I didn't fall into it it was not a mistake it was not just happened to be that way that's exactly what I wanted now to a point I mean you can only plan so much in life things happen and um, I wanted that that deal I wanted that I got it and then we continued now I did, I continued to sell real estate, not because I targeted people or something and, or people came to me. I want to be also clear about that. I did not sell the house and then everybody and their mother called me. I got, I got, I got uh, poached by brokers and agents and people who wanted to bring me on their groups, but other people around me doesn't necessarily work like that. And everybody thinks, I think you, if you sell one house, somehow you automatically sell everybody's houses. That's not necessarily true. <laughs> not even close. When you first got that first sale though, was your dad proud of you at that point? Or was he still like, this is just yeah, fluke? Yeah, it's funny. Now, you know, dad, my dad's one of my biggest fans. Um, and I'm one of my dad's, you know, I'm my, you know, I am the biggest fan for my dad too. And, uh, and now he's, you know, could we have best real estate properties? You know, he's in business with me, you know, it, he, he totally turned to 180 that my dad's like that. You know, my dad's like, show me first. And he's always been, you know, yeah. that's my, that's the coach. That's the coach. You know, I've always been coached. And but how, what did you do to face the adversity of your dad? Like not being supportive for over about a year. <laughs> that's a long fucking time, man. Yeah. You were really close with your father too. So that must've made even like, what could you, yeah. what advice could you give people if they were in that type of situation where their family doesn't support their dream to be an entrepreneur? Cause that's not an easy jump. Hell no, man. I mean, I, I, <laughs> when I, I, when I, before, <laughs> I got into real estate. I was, I told my wife, Hey, I, I, I went to my dad. I said, dad, I need $800 because, um, I want to, I want to start this, uh, this company called true star and true star. If you know, true star supplements, it's a, it's a network marketing supplement company. Mm-hmm. That's what they are. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's, I mean, name them. There's a million of those supplement lines. I sell you protein powders and stuff. Yeah. Right. So like you sell it to your friend that is a network marketing, right? I got mm-hmm. that right. Yep, network marketing. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember like, God, it's gonna be great. All you gotta do is like give it to your friend. Your friend's gonna give it to your friend. I'm, I'm gonna make a million dollars. And it's, uh, it's eight, I just need eight hundred dollars. And he's like, you're gonna piss this money away. And I was like, I was like, no, it's gonna be it. So much so, and I try to peddle it to all my friends and family. So much so, my my brother was my best man in my wedding, and my brother's best man speech. He goes, yeah, and everybody loves Mike and all get you know, get rich quick schemes like true star, you know, and it was, it was a running joke that Mike always tried to do entrepreneurial things that could never do it. So like when they heard real estate, they were like, all right, here we go. This is another, another fad. <laughs> this is another, this is another fad and, um, the same exact thing. And, um, but how do you block out the noise? Cause that's not easy. Um, I, the biggest thing is when I got married and I was dealing with all that stuff, that was, that was me and my wife and my family. And I was okay with trying to hang on with, with that. When I had my son, everything changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not, I was not okay. Um, with that. I was not okay with putting my head on the pillow at night and saying, daddy did uh, daddy did, you know, mediocre today, or, you know, I'm going to look at him in the eye and say, we can't get out of here. We, we can't get out of this condo because daddy was too afraid to try something different. Okay. Yeah. Like I, 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 I I, when I teach people, I talk about their why. I say the why is basically like your superpower. And the bottom line is it really is. It really is your ability to overcome adversity. It's your ability to 
do so much, concentrate harder, because really what we're doing is we're tach- t- you know, tapping into a chemical in our brain that creates the adrenaline that picks you up when you don't want to do something. And it kind of motivates you. And I always tell people you find your why when you basically can't like for me, I got to a point where I do it enough where I can speak to my why, but mm-hmm. I can't, uh, I, I probably couldn't get into the details of telling you exactly the story that plays in my head Yeah. The, the, because I would cry. You know what I mean? Like, yep. like when you get to that deep and yep. you get that level, I know exactly um, what you mean. Yeah. You know, you, you're gonna you're gonna pull some stuff out of you, and that that's what changed everything for me. So it yep. wasn't I I didn't care as much about what people thought, and more about you weren't gonna stop me, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's amazing when you find those um, yep. how how powerful that is. So I could overcome anything, and then so dealing with that with my father was like you know this is happening, and you know when I I remember leaning over and I remember having the check and bringing the check over my over his shoulder and like showing him. And, uh, it was a, it was an emotional thing. He couldn't believe it. And then, um, and then I, I got into the world of prospecting. And when I got into the world of prospecting and started my own company, my own group and, uh, what I wanted to do, it changed everything because I had, you know, for sale by owners and expired and the way I do the calls and how I do them. Um, I just feel like I, I have kind of gotten this down to a science, not because I'm good at a script, not because I, I, I tap into that. There's a lot of different nuances and scientifically like that. I know that I might be, I, I'm going to be X amount better than someone else as far as prospecting. And I always tell it to people who watch poker. If you've watched anybody, if you watch the people, do you play poker? Uh, not really. No. Yeah. You know, the game like no limit Texas Hold'em. Yeah. Yeah. I know the guy, I'm not good at it, but yeah. Okay. Do you know how like, there was a, it, remember how it was big a couple of years ago, like, and everybody watched it and it was on ESPN still is, but not yep. as big as it used to be for a little bit there. Everybody played no limit Texas Hold'em. Yep, yep. And that was a big thing. And if you watched it, there was these superstars that were always in the final table, always in the final table, but there was other people on the final table. Like you've never heard of either. Yep. So it was, it was a perfect example of how the skill will always take you and you will always convert more at the skill level. Mm-hmm. but there is a good enough factor. And in real estate with prospecting and stuff like that, a lot of people get away with the good enough factor for a couple of times. Yeah. But if you want longevity and you want to be able to prospect to the highest level. Now, remember, I'm not interested. I was interested in, 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 in just the highest level properties, the, the one percenters, yep. you know, uh, under a million was disappointing. So it had to be five, it, you know, it was a million, then it was two million, it was three million, it was four million, it was five million, it was six million, it was 10 million. It was like, you know, and you, you had to go bigger and bigger. And this is not million dollar listing. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. There's no cameras following me around. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in, not in a New York City market. I'm I'm in a very quiet area where people want to be exclusive and don't want to be in that flashy world. So mm-hmm. um, that's how I did it, and that's kind of uh, the long story of how I were and how and I got to where I am today, which is just a lot of hustle and hard work. So tell us about where you are now, man. Why do we call you the luxury lifestyle agent? Tell me some of your accolades, man. I know you downplayed yourself. I told you about some of the last guests I had on here, and you're like, why the fuck me? <laughs> but you're a big fucking deal, man, the real estate. You do very well, Mike, and you're very young. Yeah, well, I'm glad you said 34. I turned it yesterday, so happy that's Happy birthday? Nice. I know. I was Sunday, and you were yesterday. I forgot to wish you a happy birthday. I apologize, but happy birthday. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, it's... um. 
I'm 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 a baby in the game, dude. I mean, but that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I I I go against my competition sometimes in real estate is 60, 70 years old, and they've been doing it for 30 years, and I yeah. love that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my biggest competitions is you know sold you know 100, 120 million dollar properties um, at a clip. You know, is is iconic, and I love that because. Yeah. You know, um, I, I love bringing a breath of fresh air and taking on the question, you know, <laughs> this guy's got 30 years of experience and all these millions of dollars in sales. You know, why would I work with you? You're brand new. You've only been in the business, you know, three years. You've been full time a year and a half, two years. Why would I, you know, you did 35 million last year. That's great. But like, why did you, you know, why are you, uh, you know, why are you not doing more? You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I always say like, you know, basically, are you happy with the market? Mm-hmm. Are you happy with how it is? Are you happy with the way it currently is in the trends? Because I didn't set it that way, did I? No. I wasn't part of that last 30 years. Like, if you like it, you can be next part of how much left it's got, or you can be part of the way it's going to go. Yep. So that's your decision. Um, but uh, I would say right now, you know, I, I took I took some of the money that I made, and I you know I opened up a restaurant, opened up a nightclub. Uh, we started a, a kind of a media marketing company, and my my view is media marketing and real estate go hand in hand. Uh, I don't think it's going to be insurance and real estate. I don't think it's going to be mortgage and real estate. I think the world is so media marketing frenzy heavy. Yep. So what I wanted to do was create something that, as far as real estate goes, could do two things at one time. I wanted to, um, number one, I wanted to make the best possible agent I could. Mm-hmm. And so that they, so that they can provide the best possible service, the most qualified best agent they possibly could be. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I wanted to do was improve property values, which I don't think anybody in real estate and anybody as far as brokerages talk about because everybody's so money hungry and brokers always talk about, we need to have more agents so we can make more money. Where I'm more thinking like, wouldn't we make more money if we can increase property value because we're better at what we do? Mm -hmm. Like we, who has the opportunity to do that, you know? And so I looked at it like, okay, well let's get the best agents. So we, we train the best agents to where they have the best training. But then if you get the best agents and you ask the best agents, you know, what exactly do you need the most? They always say, well, I'm already good at what I do. I just need services, man. I spend the most amount of money on my transaction coordinator. I spend the most amount of money on um, videography. I need to spend the most amount of money on photography or social media or whatever. That's what I spend all that money. Yep. At, at really good agents or agents who work up in the beginning, they know that eventually you're going to get to a 90 or 100% split or whatever have you. It's the services. You know, stop giving me business cards. Give me the services that I actually need in 2018. Yep. So I wanted to give all the services back. So as an agent, you walk into an agency like I thought I was walking into a law firm. You know, when you walk into those places, they have secretaries and paralegals. and mm-hmm. It's a prestigious thing. Yep. So what I wanted is uh, you're going to have seventy to $80,000 of investment money going into you before you made a sale. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a transaction coordinator. You're going to have an ISA. You're going to have social media people. You're going to have all this different stuff. Um, so, you know, that was, that was part of my idea. And also being, like I said, media marketing, um, you know, savvy in the beginning, it's all about getting our, our people out there to be able to put the best possible products out there and to put the, um, themselves out there in the best light. I think if you're able to understand how real estate is sold, I think if you understand the buyer psychology today, 
you understand trends and sales, period, if you're able to, if you're able to increase value of properties through perception, increase the value of an area through perception, and we all did that better, I think real estate would do better. But but they don't they don't do that. They just you know they want that they want to have a five percent referral fee to get your buddy in. So that's that's what they waste their time on. So <clears throat> that's what I've been working on. It's a uh, listen. I'm 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 trying to do something. I, there's a lot of this stuff is done out west, but I I want to try to do this in my area, and that's what I'm working on. And with that, the nightclub and just being a dad and having the ins and outs of my current days. Um, you know, we, we, we usually run somewhere 20 to 25 pending transactions a month. Um, so, and this is not a big team. I'm talking, you know, right now, basically me and a partner of mine, and then I have full-time, you know, full-time assistants. Um, we're not, you know, we're not sitting around doing nothing. Every single day is a hustle. Every single day is a grind and we're growing and, uh, going from the producer to the business person has been a trip for me because I can't even read, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I, I'm still the guy who still has a hard time with that. I mean, I, I do everything on Audible now, but um, and I read ferociously. But that's basically it. My my wife got to stay home this year. She didn't have to work. Um, we bought a house, cars, and all this stuff. And that's basically what I'm working on and where I am right now. Which is awesome, man. How much in sales volume have you done since you've been a realtor? How long have you been a realtor, by the way? How long have you been an agent? I think about three years. Three years. And how much in volume have you done, total sales volume? Mm, you to give a guesstimate. Sales volume. Throw a number out for the guests, the, uh, for the listeners. So, yeah, remember that first year I didn't do anything. Um, <laughs> so, pretty much in two years, how much uh, volume did you move? <laughs> I would say I would say we're close to, I would say we're close to about 50 million. 50 million in two, you guys hear that? 50 million in two years, 34 year old guy. Absolutely crushing it, man. You're doing fantastic. So, whoever, whatever Mike has to say, you guys have to absolutely absorb. It's real advice. It's what he's done to be successful. Mike, what advice would you give to agents that are just starting out? What would you have wanted to know when you started that you didn't know? Good question. Um, and and I, I'm building a product right now. Uh, we're hoping to launch it pretty soon. I'm sure everybody's got a product or something they're launching, but I just did this for the people who are in real estate or want to get in real estate and they don't have money for coaching these, you know, a thousand, $2,000 a month coaches and, mm -hmm. and all that stuff, which is great. I, I just wanted a product and I, and I'm going to title it LA in a box. LA in a box will be leading lifestyle agent in a box. And you can get that box. You can know who to talk to, what to say to them, why they're saying, why you're saying it that way to get a listing, a presentation. And then here's the listing presentation. I'm going to give it to you what to say, how to say to actually uh, get the listing. And then we're actually going to break down and we have tutorials on marketing and how to create your do the photography and videography. You can basically create your own company, become your own LLA agent immediately to be able to do everything you would need to do that I did that I wish I would have had this box the first day. And I'm not talking about six month runway of cold calling your friends and family. I'm not telling you about how to, how to basically hold up the local baseball team so with, with pies and, and T-shirts mm -hmm. to solicit friends. I'm talking about how to work with people that actually need your help so you can make money in the first 30 days mm -hmm. of real estate, helping your family who needs it now. So that's why I created this. So I would say for, you know, and that doesn't exist. There's no such thing. You know, everybody has the long game, but nobody wants to talk about how you actually make money now. 
Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm going to put that out for people to have. Uh, I don't have a release date yet on that, but we're finishing out everything. We filmed the, the videos, the audible audios, and the you could read it, you can look at it, and you can hear it um, for all the eBooks and all the content and all the and then the marketing piece. So. I would say the first thing that I would do if I was in real estate all over again, um, <clears throat> from the first day I got in, um, and everybody always says, you know, watch, go watch, uh, the local person in the, in the, that, that, listen, that's, if you're working at a local place and you think that you're just going to go snuggle up against with the neck, the biggest agent, and they're not going to try to recruit you to be on a team or do something like that, that's crazy. So they're just going to, you know, I, and I was part of that whole game and gimmick too, man. Um, just study. I mean, look, I, I, I think there's some really great books out there that you can read. I think that there's a lot of understanding that you have to go through in the beginning to learn. Um, like, I mean, I wish I could tell you, you shouldn't use my product, but I mean, <laughs> no sales pitches, Mike, no sales pitches. No, I'm trying, I'm trying not to, but like, listen, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, damn, like, I'm going to tell you right now that I think you should learn everything you're supposed to learn about the business. You're going to understand why you need to do what you need to do, because once you know why you need to do it, it's almost like having a cure for cancer and you're going to scream out in the street that you know how to fix people's problems. And here's why mm-hmm. without that knowledge, you don't have the confidence without the confidence. You can't do this and it becomes fake. So yeah, again, uh, I mean, if, what would I do all over again? Shit. I would, <laughs> I would get LA. I would get LA in a box, but if you couldn't, <laughs> no sales, no LA in a box. It doesn't exist. Mike, get that out of there. Yeah. It doesn't exist yet. I know. I would say, um, Honestly, like weird, like I would hop on YouTube. Okay, that's good advice. That's practical. Yeah. Yeah, I would probably hop on YouTube the first day. Um, I would gob, I would gobble up all the all the books that are out there about real estate to get you motivated. Hell, man, I, I the first book that I read that I would I would probably tell anybody to read if they're getting into it. I would go I would go get Grant Cardone's 10x. Okay. Go get yourself Grant. Go get yourself Grant Cardone's 10x, and then and then help you because I was I remember reading that before I got my license and just being jacked up. That was a good book too. It is a fantastic book. What about when they first start out? What would you say to them to like get clients? Like instead of going to all your family and friends, like you said, Okay. what's a good way? Like, you know, you're starting out or even if you did start out, you're six months in and you haven't had much success. Like how do people start finding clients if they're not good at networking or what can they do to network, you know? Yeah. I would say without a doubt, um, pick up the phone, pick up the phone, pick up the phone, pick up the phone, start prospecting for sale. Okay. Yeah, but but call for sale by owners and expires. <clears throat> call for sale by owners and expires. Um, for sale, yeah, that's those are the those are the yep. best of the best that you can that you can get because um, those are the people actually need your help now. Mm. Again, again, there's a lot of different methods to selling real estate. This is yep. what I did. This yeah. is what I chose to do, um, and I really love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what that's what I chose to do. Yeah, so if you got a good personality, just pick up the phone and fucking call. I was gonna say, even if you don't pick up the phone and call and but but it's again it goes back to skill man i'm telling Get you good at it's it, all yeah. about skill yep, yeah i believe it yeah yep. i got a question for you now what give me your biggest business failure and your biggest personal failure and what did you learn from it <laughs> <laughs> i feel like you got good ones man dude i'm having a long day man i got myself one of these sparkling seltzers here stop it no bullshit mike give me an answer biggest <laughs> business failure biggest personal failure the people want to know uh, biggest, biggest personal failure. I usually always have something good to say. Uh, biggest personal failure. Um, 
I don't know if it was a person. I don't even know how to explain it. Not a personal failure. I think I loved coaching uh, very much and I still love coaching and I love the sport of swimming and I did it for a long time. But I think sometimes I look back and I say, if I would have did this earlier on, if I would have made a jump earlier, that's hard to say because it's hard to say because that's 22, right? Like hindsight's 22, 2020. And I can't, um, I, I can't do that because it brought me to where I am. So I can't, but, um, I look at my life and I said, well, if I would have started this when I was 21, I would be where I am at 30 and, and I already have kind of built the business and I could be living this life a little bit different in my thirties instead of trying to build this in my thirties. But that, that's the only thing I would say probably not. Cause I don't regret anything. I really don't. As far as uh, business, business failure. Yep. I don't know, man. I don't think I've been in business enough long enough yet i'm not like listen you got some guys that uh, have been on your podcast that have done some things and they have done some things in some major major ways i think if you can take anything from me and my story i'm just like anybody else and i'm also learning as i'm doing it i would take value from the podcast that you've had with the guys that you've had on before and i would listen to that same way anybody else wouldn't take value from it and i'm i'm humble enough to understand that i know a lot i don't know a lot still and i grow every single day and i'm always trying to get better so for me, um, as far as business goes, I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure my biggest business mistake is yet to come. Um, probably the stupidest little one is probably doing something stupid, like true star wasting money or like, um, uh, you know, or going to the wrong company earlier. But again, hindsight's 2020, man. I, I can't, I can't balk at that. It brought me to being on a podcast with you. So it was all worth it. <laughs> I love to hear that, man. Yeah, but like you said, you're extremely humble. And I think that in and of itself, that's something to take away from you, how to be humble even when you are successful. You've sold, you've done over $50 million in sales and volume for real estate. And you said you have such a long way to go. So I think that right there in and of itself is what people can take away from you. Because for a lot of people, that's like a goal that they would set. And you're there and you're like, I'm not even close to where I want to be yet. I know there's more for me and I'm just getting started and you're still looking to learn and you're not slowing up at any point. You're going faster, if anything. So I think that's a good takeaway from what you've talked about. So Mike, I loved having you on here, man. Where can my followers find you? Um, you know, it's, if you're thinking about getting into real estate, you want to check me out as far as some stuff that I have, some content, you can go to the Leading Lifestyle Agency, uh, agents only private group on Facebook. Uh, I am on Instagram, uh, with what's my Instagram handle yes. luxury lifestyle agent. Yeah. The uh, luxury lifestyle agent is Instagram. And then, uh, my website is, uh, the luxury And you can also, uh, LA real estate, which is the leading lifestyle agent, uh, real estate group. LA real estate should be coming up probably in the next couple of weeks. And then, uh, I'm sure we'll be launching LA in a box and, uh, we have some big stuff in 2018 plan. We have, um, uh, polo is going to be big this year. I've never seen or been part of polo, but, uh, one of my clients, uh, owns Greenwich polo and, uh, and you know, backcountry Greenwich. So we have some VIP seats. Prince, ha Prince Henry is, was there a couple of, I don't, a little while ago with his polo team. I think they beat Greenwich polo, but we're going to go and, um, be part of that and be part of the big Tesla, um, uh, in, um, Tesla grand opening in uh, Manhattan. I think I go to it next week. Oh, so we're awesome. putting everything on film and we'll, it, it, the, a real, real big media push um, for a lot of different stuff that I'll have. And I'm sure I'll find it, but I 
I've been very quiet about the build out of this and what I've been doing so that I can kind of let this all go um, locked and loaded. We have a lot in the chamber, so mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll be also, out there. And you're also part of this podcast, which I consider this podcast more than a podcast. It's a movement. And we call the people that listen in. They're part of the Midnight Motivation Mob. And what the mob stands for is made of bosses. And a boss is built on self-sacrifice, which you obviously exemplify. You are a self-made entrepreneur. And uh, I want to say welcome to the Midnight Motivation Mob, Mike. You are obviously a fellow boss. So very happy to have you a part of this. Guys, I hope everyone listening in, you go subscribe, rate, and review. We're dropping you all this value for free, except for Mike's sales pitch that he threw in, but we're not going <laughs> to hold him accountable for that. Don't worry. Uh, maybe we'll get Mike on here again. I know he dropped great content, and I'm sure he'll want to talk about more re- real estate detailed-oriented stuff next time I can get him on here for you guys. If you have any questions, send me a direct message, Tony Peck underscore. Send Mike a direct message, luxury lifestyle agent. He'll be happy to answer any questions and get in touch with you. Mike, it was a pleasure having you on here, man, and I look forward to doing more with you in the future. Tony Peck is the man. Follow and uh, and listen along. Thank you so much for inviting me to this group, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a proud, proud member, so thank you. Boom, baby. You're a boss, Mike. Thank you, sir.